I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bible to Matthew chapter 7. I feel prompted to pray for Jamie and for Lori. They're both about to deliver any, any day. Ladies, would you just come let me pray for you right quick with your husbands? Anybody else about to give birth, you can come. Come here. When are you due, Lori? Friday. She's due Friday. You're due next Sunday, aren't you, or something like that? They're both just, well, (laughs) you can see. Amen. I just felt like I ought to pray for your deliveries and just pray God's blessing on this process. A lot of anxiety comes along with... uh, you know, the delivery, there's a lot of joy, but um, we also just want to pray for God's, God's provision and God's blessing. Do you mind if I lay my hand on your stomachs? Okay. All right, come here, Mom. Let's just pray for... Help me, church. We thank you, Father, for life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for new life. We thank you, God, for the anointing. My Jesus, hallelujah. Thank you, God, for the anointing. There's an anointing on these children, folks. There's an anointing on these children. Hallelujah. They're being set apart even before they come out. Even in, the, even in the womb, God says, I'm designing something. I'm planning something. I'm carving something out, says the Lord. And we pray, God, over this next week, these next couple of weeks, God, we pray, Lord, for the most perfect delivery ever. We pray, Lord, all anxiety to leave, God, and let these... I felt a little kick right there. Ha, 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 ha. We pray, God, that all anxiety for mom and for dad would be gone today. And we just thank you, Lord, once again for new life in Jesus' name. Amen. Did you feel that? I did. Oh, Judah's ready. Love you guys. Love you. Wow. That's cool. That's exciting. Who knows what God might do? Matthew chapter 7. Some poignant and powerful words in just a few verses. Look at verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, this is Jesus speaking, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, you might want to underline those those few words right there, and does them. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. Ever been there? And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, you might want to underline those words, they will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it fell, and great was its fall. Father, we stand in awe of what you have already done in this room and in our lives today. But there's more. 
we quiet ourselves now in desperate need of your word. Speak to us now, God. Let our ears hear. Let our hearts absorb and retain what you've sent your word to do. And we give you praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. Come on and say amen. Amen. Ever been in a storm? Growing up in Indiana, the Midwest, storms are just a part of the cycle and the changing of the seasons. With the spring comes warmer air, the cooler air leaving, and something happens. And so it was not uncommon for us to hear a tornado warning on the TV, on the radio, blasting throughout the city, I remember one time. We have huge oak trees and and elm trees that are are a wonderful sight to see, especially in in the fall season. It's amazing. But when a storm comes through, they can take one of these giants and bring it down to nothing and could land on your car, could land on your home. I remember more than once we had to take cover. Anybody ever had to take cover from a storm? Karen and I had to go into our basement one time, I remember. I remember at at, uh, Central Bible College in Springfield, Missouri, uh, the alarms were sounding and we had to take cover in one of the dorms and get against one of the walls and it was just commonplace. We've seen the devastation that a storm can do. Hurricane Katrina was like no other hurricane, wasn't she? And when she was finished, everyone knew that she had been there. And unfortunately, there are those who are still trying to survive, and many had to move out from the area, move to other states, in fact, because they could not eke out a living there any longer. We've seen the damage in Joplin, Missouri, recently in Moore, Oklahoma, We've seen the damage that a tsunami can do after an earthquake and it floods a region like Sri Lanka or Japan. Part of my joy in thinking back to my college days was traveling from state to state and we would minister in camps. This one particular summer, we were invited to Kansas camp. Where's Creighton? You around Creighton? He's up there shadowing our media ministry. Creighton's our intern. He's doing really a fabulous job. He and Tassie just got back from kids' camp, and a few of our kids were transformed this last week. Thanks, God. Thanks be to God. But Creighton, uh, we went to uh, the, the Wichita camp, whatever it's called, but right there outside of Wichita, Andover. You've been there. We went to Andover this one particular summer, and we were about a week we, we arrived about a week after the, the tornado arrived and left. And the, the DYD, the district youth director, he said, get in the car. You have to see this. And he took us on this tour and let us see the aftermath of this tornado. And I'm telling you, we drove with our jaws dropped open. 
It's seared in my mind. I've never seen anything like it. I hope I never do again. A straw became a weapon as it was thrust into the side of a tree, sticking into the tree. A straw. Unbelievable what the power of a storm can do. He said, you've got to see this in particular. And he drove us to this one cross section and there was a rubble of stone, a large mass of stone. There was no telling by the, by the eye what had been there, so he told us that used to be the Catholic Church, but it was leveled to absolutely nothing by this tornado. Now get this. Just across the street was a convenience store that was going through renovation. And so they had the plastic tape taping off the convenience store. So to let everyone know, do not enter. And would you know that next to the, what was once the Catholic church that now was in, in, in ruins was a convenience store with tape still wrapped around it, not even brought down by the, the wind or the storm. The, the storm was so specific and particular in its target. Has anybody ever been in a storm. I want to tell somebody today how to make it, oh hallelujah, how to make it through the storm because it's not a matter of if the storm comes. I want you to understand today a storm is going to come. It's not a matter of if it comes, it's when it comes. And when it comes, are you going to be ready and will you withstand the storm? I want to tell somebody how to make it through the storm. I love the words of Jesus. I got away for a couple of days this last week. I go away. It's called my prayer and prep time. I don't invite my wife, my kids, my staff. It's just me and Jesus. And I begin to dream and plan and God dropped us a series in my heart, Pastor Dave. I didn't get to speak to you, Pastor Moses. Uh, I think I'm going to entitle Written in Red. Look for it to come up sometime soon. Written in Red, the words of Jesus. I love the words of Jesus. I love the whole word of God, but it's just something that really says you better take notice when you get to the red words. Come on, somebody. These are red words that I'm, I'm preaching to you from today. I love the words of Jesus. Jesus, the great communicator. Jesus, the great illustrator. He just finished describing the fate of those who are religious but lost. Let's back up a little bit. This won't be on the screen, but follow me there in the word. Matthew 21 uh, uh, Chapter 7 and verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Have we not done many wonders in your name? And Jesus said to them, Then I will declare to you, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Not everybody who says they're a Christian are actually Christian. 
Because in order to be a Christian, you have to accept Christ into your life and ask him to remove and cleanse you of all of your wickedness and all of your sin. You have to ask Jesus to be your Savior and to be your Lord. I wonder, do I have any Christians in the house here today? Hallelujah. You go survey the mall today and you take poll of how many think they're Christian. You'll be, you'll be shocked at how many people say they're Christian. But Jesus is very clear here. He said on that day, many are going to say, we, we knew you. But how do you know what kind of a, a fruit tree you have? You know a tree by its fruit. We planted a lemon tree. You know what's growing on it? Can you imagine? There's five lemons on my lemon tree. I planted a lemon tree and oranges didn't grow. I planted a lemon tree and limes didn't grow. You can't just say you're a Christian. You've got to walk it out and talk it out and live it out and give it out. Alex, buddy, I'm so proud of you today. You've made a great, great first step. You really have. And his mother accepted the Lord several weeks ago. So watch out. Watch out, neighborhood. Watch out, workplace. Watch out, uh, schoolyard. You better watch out. But I want to tell you something, buddy. It's more than just you repeating a, a, a series of words that Pastor Dave might have led you in. That's, that's great. And I do it all the time. That's the start. But it's a change of heart. And then you just start, people just start seeing it. Your, your actual words that I am a Christian should be the very last confirmation that you are a Christian. Nobody wants to hear this today. Your life should be saying it. Your words should be saying it. Your, your, your actions and where you go and where you don't go. Many will say that I knew you. I prophesied in your name. I cast out demons in your name. I shundied in your name. I spoke in tongues. And Jesus says, so what? You didn't really even know me. I don't know you now. A lot of religious people. But ours is not a religion per se. Ours is a relationship with a loving God that created all that is and wants to, wants to have fellowship with us. Let me get back to my notes. So here he is now. He's, he's telling, uh, he tells of two men who illustrate false faith versus true faith. There's two builders that are spoken of here. These builders represent you. They represent me. In fact, these two builders represent all who ever live. It's a representation of all mankind. The wise builder, he hears the word of God, and what does he do? He obeys the word of God. He does the word of God. He who hears my word and does it, they're wise, like the builder who built on the rock versus the foolish man. He also heard the word of God, didn't he? But what did he choose to do? He chose to ignore the word of God. You too have a choice to make today. 
all of us will choose today. We'll hear the word of God and will we obey the word of God or will we choose to ignore the word of God? God, help us today to make the right choice after we have heard your word and processed your word. Help us to do your word. So let's look at this. I want you to take some notes today, folks. I've got a bulletin, and if you need a space to write some notes, we've left room on the back. How many would like an usher to bring you a bulletin and you borrow a pen? You could take some notes. All right? Come on, ushers, help me right quick. Let's pass out a few bulletins. Folks, you will retain far more if you will actually hear it and jot some things down. And really, there's, there's no excuse because you can take notes right on your phone, can't you? You can take notes right on your tablet. I see several people with tablets today, iPads and, and many other versions, but there's no excuse. I want, when I preach the Word of God, I want it to transform your life. And so I'm going to push you to maximize the Word of God. Hear it, write it down, and retain it. Amen? So let's look first of all at the wise man. The Bible says that the wise man built his house where? On a rock. Do I have any carpenters in the room? I know Robert Cisneros, you're a carpenter. You build any houses? Yes? What's the advantage of building on a, a, a rock or a solid foundation? in building a house. It won't fall down. Wouldn't it be tragic to build on something then you have to go back in and do some modifications? Oh, he's scratching his head and looking down. Ken, I know you're in carpentry. What's the advantage of building on, on a rock, on a solid foundation? It doesn't move. The wise man built his house Upon the rock, verse number 24, the rock provides a solid foundation, a firm foundation that doesn't move no matter what. I want somebody to understand today, we also, we have a rock that we are to build on. <laughs> His name is Jesus. The Lord is our rock. The psalmist said in Psalm 28, to you I will cry, O Lord my rock. Do not be silent to me, lest if you are silent to men, I become like those who go down to the pit. He goes on to say, he's not only a rock, he's the only rock, and this rock is a sure rock. Psalm 62, 2, he only is my rock and my salvation. He's my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Psalm 62, 6 and 7, he reiterates this. He only is my rock. He is my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength, my refuge, is in God. A storm is coming. A storm is coming. Will you be ready? Will you be ready for the winds and the waves? Christ is our rock. You can trust in this rock. It is a firm foundation. 1 Corinthians 3.11 For no other foundation can anyone lay that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. 
and it's a foundation that is secure. 2 Timothy 2.19, nevertheless, somebody say nevertheless. nevertheless. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands. In other words, he's saying no matter what. All this happens nevertheless. I, I just got some bad news nevertheless. The doctor just called me and, and told me that I have cancer nevertheless. My husband just get, served me with papers and said he's leaving me. Come on, somebody help me today. Nevertheless, I don't even know where my son or my daughter is anymore. I haven't heard from them for weeks, but nevertheless. See, storms come in and out of our lives. You better know that. But what did you build your foundation on before the storm arrived? A firm foundation. Are you building your life on the right foundation? Have you decided to put your trust and your hope in Jesus, our rock, our defense, our Savior? You must do as this young man did today. Accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Ask Him to help you. Ask Him to forgive you of your sin. And you'll see, as many of us have done, He's a forgiving God. He washes away all of our wrong, forgives us, forgives us of all of our sins. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Well, the storm came, and it was a doozy, a fierce storm. It, it came to challenge the structure of the house. Have you ever thought, God, I just came through a storm, and here I am in another one? Anybody ever thought that? Seemed like you just came through, and here comes the winds again. Do you know that Moore, Oklahoma, had another tornado not very long after the big one that got all the news? Can you believe that? It's kind of on a path. Springfield, Missouri, it's on this ice storm path, isn't it, Karen? It seemed like every spring break, it was always late, but it, it, we would just be covered with an ice storm. Sometimes you might feel like, I'm just on the path of the storm. God, I just came through the storm. Here I am again. God will never put more on you than you can handle. And God's trying to grow you. God is trying to show you. The storms come trying to challenge your faith, challenge the structure of your house. The house of the wise man stood firm in the storm. Will yours? There's also the other character in our narrative today, not just the wise man. The Bible speaks very clearly about a foolish man. And the scripture tells us the foolish man built his house on the sand. That's not very smart. I guess that's why he's called foolish. Any, everyone, look at verse 26 again. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine or these words of mine and does not do them. 
They're like a foolish man who built his house on the sand, Ken. What happens here? Sand is shifting. Wow. So there's no stability there, is there? Robert, what happens here? Wow. It's not, it's not recommended. You, you, can't, you can't have a home for very long on unstable foundation. The Bible says the foolish man heard the word of God just the same as the wise man, but he made a choice to ignore it. Today, you're hearing the word of God and you will too have a choice to make. Will you, let, will you let the word of God come into your heart and make the necessary changes? Will you obey the word of God? Will you do the word of God? Or will you shine it? Will you ignore it? Will you try to distract yourself from it, saying it applies to somebody else? No, it applies to you. It applies to me. It applies to each and every one of us. This isn't a targeted message. This is for anybody who has ears to hear. Let them hear. It's amazing what some choose to build their life on. What some choose to build their foundation on. Some choose, for instance, to build their life on money. Now, how many would like a little bit more money in your life right now? You just be honest. I'm going to raise both my hands. I'm going to raise my foot. i take some more money. If you've got more than enough, you go ahead and bless me. I'll take it. Right? So don't misunderstand what I'm about to say. But you can't build your life on it. You can't build your foundation on it. Because money, as you well know, comes and goes, doesn't it? And it's amazing how quickly it goes and how slow it comes. And you'd think, you would think someone with billions would have enough. But here's the danger of building your life and your foundation and your house on money or wealth. You never have enough. I'm going to confess something to you. I have a guilty pleasure called Shark Tank. Anybody ever watch Shark Tank? Karen can't stand it. She doesn't like all that friction and she just, you know, she'd rather watch uh, Swamp People or Duck Dynasty or something like that. Hey, some good old boys shooting ducks and loving Jesus. Uh, it's not all bad, is it? But I like, I don't know, I get, I get pulled into all that controversy. And if you don't know the premise of the show, they bring in people that have some good ideas and maybe some not so good, but new inventions, new ideas, and they need somebody to partner with them. So they've got these five sharks. These folks are richer than, well, than they need to be, than they should be. <laughs> Yet they want more. I mean, a couple of them are billionaires with a B and want more. 
You can't build your foundation on money or on wealth, but so many do. It's sinking sand. Some choose to build their foundation on pleasure. I know that I got my foot stuck in the trap last time I did this, but oh, it felt so good. I'm going to go ahead and do it again. And we go, nobody wants to hear this. That's all right. We go back to the same mud hole and the same pleasure well, drinking after this lustful spirit, pleasure, pleasuring ourselves. But let me tell you something. That well that you're drinking of and building your foundation on will never quench your thirst. It will actually create more of a thirst and you will never satisfy it. You've got to start drinking from the new well, the, a, a new well of, of life and a new well, a, a spring of, of water coming up. That will satisfy and only that will satisfy. The woman at the well, remember her? She said, where do I find this water? Jesus said, I am that water. Come and drink of me and you'll never thirst again. Build your foundation. Build your house on the right foundation. Don't build it on pleasure. Don't build it on wealth. Some build it on power and prestige and trying to climb some ladder. They don't care who it hurts. They would sell their mother for it. You can't build your life on that kind of a foundation. Some build their foundation on the praises and accolades and the applause of people. Some build their their kingdom and their, their foundation on position, on power. Some build it on family. All of these are wrong foundations. And it is foolish and futile to build on these foundations. Some say, Sunday is family day. I work hard all week. And so, I'm going to devote Sunday to my family. I'm going to say something to you today. I think that is a wrong priority. If ever you put your family above God, then your priorities are out of order. And I love my family. And I want to spend as much time with them as I possibly can. But when we start saying, and I know the people who need to hear this are at the beach right now, so (laughs) with their family. (sighs) But when we start saying, that's my family time and nothing is going to interrupt that, we're in danger. We start building on a foundation that is unstable. If you will put God and his house and his teaching and his word in its proper place, you'll have more family time than you ever know what to do with. Don't build your, your, your house on that kind of a foundation. It's futile. It's foolish. So let me ask you now, what are you building your life upon? Will your house hold up when the storm comes? Will your life make it through the storm? Or will this storm that comes be the one that takes you out? The storm came for the foolish man. Only his house didn't stand, did it? It collapsed the foolish man's house and it brought him utter devastation. 
So what's the difference? What made the difference? The storm was the same, with the same duration, with the same intensity, same potential for devastation. The Bible says the rains descended for both, the floods came for both, the winds blew and beat the houses of both equally. What's the difference? The difference is in the foundation. The house built on the rock withstood and stood. The house built on the sand, it collapsed and was washed away. You may be saying, I, I don't know what else to do. I, I don't know if I can make it. Well, if you build on the right foundation, you'll make it. Amen. Because storms pass. Amen. Amen. Winds die down. Rain stops falling. Giants die. <laughs> this isn't the end for you. It's just another storm that God is going to see you through. So you just stand, knowing you build on the right foundation, knowing that you gave your heart to Jesus, and now you're letting him lead you. Because there's a real fight out there, folks. An enemy trying to do all that he can to mess you up and trip you up and take you out. Setting snares for you. Having done all to stand, stand therefore clothed in the armor of God. Ephesians 6. Stand. Stand through the storm. How to make it through the storm? You've got to build on the right foundation. Let me tell you something. When the storm comes... There's no time to push pause and everything just freezes. And then you go and you evaluate the foundation. Uh, hang on, hang on, Storm. Uh, I got to go check out the foundation. You can't do that. When's the last time you did a foundation inspection? Robert Miller, he and Nancy are here from Waco, Texas. They always will be a part of our church family, but God moved them to another, boy, another state for sure, almost like another country, isn't it? Yes. Waco, Texas. But it's so nice to have you just for a few days. They were here Wednesday, and here they are again. They happened to sit in on the first service, and he pulled me aside, and he said, Pastor, you know, in Texas, there are those who make a living at foundation inspection and repair because well give me a microphone right quick tell me what you tell the people what you told me Robert that was just so powerful and poignant to where sure. where we're going well, you're on in Waco it gets hot it gets in the hundreds uh, in 2011 it almost broke the national record for days in a row over 100 degrees it was my first summer there anyway 
in the normal cycle of seasons. It goes from hot to rainy to hot. The ground in the summer contracts and dries out, and in the winter it gets wet. The, they have things you can buy to keep your foundation moist so that your house doesn't shift, but just in the normal course of living, from season to season, and that's a purposeful phrase, your foundations can crack, your house can tilt, and if you don't constantly keep checking to make sure that your foundation isn't shifting, you will lose your house. Wow. That's powerful. Check your foundation today. Are you building on the rock that is Jesus? Let me see a hymnal right quick, Jamie. Open your hymnal to 290. What a great, great hymn. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood <laughs> and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. Ha. Wow. What are you building on? Do you know Jesus today as your rock? A firm foundation. If you've never accepted him, I want to challenge you. Just as this young man, how old are you, Alex? 12 years old, had the sense to know he needed help. If you've never accepted Christ, today is your day. If you need Jesus to be your, your Lord, your Savior, your rock, I want you to throw your hand up right now and let me pray for you. You've accepted the Lord into your heart. All right, I'm talking about people who've never done this. Right quick. Anyone? Or you're not, you're not building on the right foundation. Maybe you did pray at one time, but you know you're, you're nowhere near building your life on the right foundation. Come on, lift your hand right now. That's the beauty of this, Stacy. We, we can just start fresh. You ever had to scrap a project, Robert? You ever had to just start over? You already invested some in it. I'm sure, Ken, you've had to just scrap something. Well, maybe that's you today. You just start afresh. You start anew. And you build your life on the firm foundation. You want someone to pray with you, Judy? Give me a couple ladies. Gail, would you help me and pray with Judy? Come on up here. Anybody else? Because the storm's coming. Is your life built on the rock? The cornerstone. Christ alone. Weak made strong. I want to I open this prayer time a little broader. And I also want 
to pray for anybody who might be going through the storm right now. Difficulty. Hard times. It's not the end. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. And if you're going through a storm and you would like us to pray with you, let me invite you to come now quickly. Christ alone, cornerstone. Storms pass. Winds die down. And he's with you through the storm. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, give me some family to come and just help me and stand with these folks today. Let them know that they're not alone. He's helping them. He's with them. He's leading them through the storm. Come on, church family. Through the storm. Through the storm. Rise and thunders roar. Trust in Him. I will soar with you above the storm. You are King over the land, and I will be
the storm. He's the God of the wind and the waves. So that's how you make it through the storm. And remember, when you come out of the storm, there'll be somebody else that you can help through their storm. Come on, somebody. I think of Karen and I today, the day that we went to the doctor's office to find out the sex, the gender of our very first conceived child. (laughs) Wow. What a day that started off to be. Started off really good. I didn't see any clouds. I didn't see any storm coming. But it overtook us so fast, our heads spun. Because the good news turned to bad news. We found out the baby was not living. And our, one of our greatest days turned into one of our hardest days. I think of Jamie here and Pastor Moses. You know what I'm talking about. You had more than one of those and many others. But the storm passed and God somehow, some way, helped us through it. Now we have Elliot and Butler and Daisy, but we have an older child than you, Elliot, waiting for us in in heaven. Come here. But I remember in that storm, the day that we had to go to the hospital and they actually took the baby, there was a point that it was so intense that you had to leave when you left, God sent somebody to speak to you who was going through an even more horrible storm and spoke peace into your life. So there are times when we go through the storm that there are others who can speak words of encouragement and strength. And that was a changing point for you during our storm. It's not a matter of if the storm is going to come. It's going to come. Tina, you know what I'm talking about. Cindy's sister, Tina. She lost her daughter way too early, way too young. But somehow, God helped you through the storm. Does it still hurt? Well, of course. It still hurts for us. If I, I mean, I haven't really had that, that ache thinking about that baby that I didn't get to hold. But there'll be a someday that we are reunited, and that gives us great hope, doesn't it? You can make it through the storm. You can make it 